Hey, Jim. It's Roger. You want to hang out, buddy? Throw the football or something? Yeah. I'll be right downstairs after I listen to my favorite podcast. Hey, everybody. Yes. Welcome back to the Paid Search Podcast. My name is Jason Rothman. As always, I'm joined by the great Chris Schaefer. Chris, how's it going today? You uh, going hiking or something? You've got the nice outdoor jacket and you're wearing it inside. So are you doing some modeling or were you going hiking or are you just cold? Um, option C. Uh, I was just a little chilly and uh, I didn't have a very nice shirt on. Uh, kind of an old grungy shirt. So what you do when you're professional is you put a grungy jacket over the top and then it looks nice. Uh, it looks like you're sporty that way, which is what I was going for. So the sporty look. So thank you. Yes. I like that. Yeah. I'm noticing. You're trying to build a brand today, Chris? Oh, man. I've always said my brand is my name. That's why it's chrisschafer.com. I've, I've never been a business, you know, it's like I am my brand and I'm always trying to build myself. Absolutely. You got some tips for me today? Oh, you know it, Chris. Uh, we're going to help you build that brand. But first, we do have a five-star review of the week. And let's go with a short one. It's from a user named SEO Rookie. Or that's the title of the okay. review. Okay. So it's someone who's into SEO, and I think they're coming over to uh, some Google ads from Sweden. Of course. Five stars. And they said, it's a great review. I kind of don't get it. It's kind of not for me. But it says, uh, Chris gives the best advice, exclamation point. Is that it? That's it. <laughs> yep. that's a great, that's yeah, it. I can see why. Fans, you got... <laughs> You got fans in Sweden there, Chris. I can see why it, you say it wasn't for you. Yeah, that, that was definitely pointed towards someone. Feels like it was uh, very specific. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, you got to admit, though, Chris, I do kind of uh, throw those pitches up for you, and then I let you hit them out of the park mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah, that's true. Oh, you are the world's best podcast wingman. I just you, you, someone say host, not wingman. Uh, well, yeah, but uh, I mean, we don't have the official title for you yet. But uh, yeah, yeah, always you 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 come up with these amazing topics like today, and then you're like you're going to take the easiest, simplest, most direct question and throw it up to me. What do you think about this, Chris? And then I just Babe Ruth that thing out of here. It's good being me. I'm I couldn't be me without you though. And you know what your company couldn't be without? Optio. O-P-T-E-O dot com slash PSP2. This is an online tool for Google Ads managers. You have an agency, boom, Optio. You have an in-house manager that's doing your Google Ads for you. Maybe you are that in-house manager, boom, Optio. This tool is designed for big and small. It's designed for complex and simple. It's designed to get things done faster in Google Ads. This tool gives you a leg up on all the things that are happening in Google Ads that you literally don't have time for. I know why you're listening to this show. It's because pod, you know, podcasts are a good way to gather information while you're traveling, while you're jogging, while you're, for some of our listeners, trying to fall asleep. This tool is designed to bridge that gap. You know, we don't cover everything on this show. And some things you would never see in your campaign without a wonderful tool like Optio. It is designed to fill that gap, bridge the knowledge gap, give you information in ways you would never see it with graphs, charts, arrows, colors, all kinds of on and off switches. But it's not intimidating. It's easy to use and it's very affordable. Have you ever heard of free as a level of affordability? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Free for eight weeks. So try it for free for eight weeks at our special URL, optio.com slash PSP2. Hit the little chat box. Tell them that you heard about it on the Paid Search Podcast, and they will give you our very special exclusive offer. 
Okay, thanks, Chris. So we got a big episode today about how to grow brand awareness with Google Ads. And first, uh, before we start, I want to say hello mm -hmm. to the new listeners of the podcast who probably found us after doing some searches on how to grow brand awareness with Google Ads. And would you say that brand awareness is one of the most underutilized aspects of Google Ads? Oh, gosh. Um, compared to compared to search, get me leads, get me sales. Because we don't talk a lot about a lot about it, at least on this show. I have a little bit of a different take on that. I would say that you know what, a lot of people do a lot of brand awareness on Google Ads. <laughs> accidentally, accidentally, that's exactly right. Okay, <laughs> sorry to step on that, but I like that thought. That's funny. That's really what a lot of campaigns I look at. You know, you guys are doing a great job of just introducing people that would never think about coming to your website <laughs> because of the keywords and what you're doing. But, uh, but yes, people who are purposefully using it for branding and awareness specifically outside of remarketing. Yeah. That's something I don't typically hear from clients. That's something I typically don't pitch as a use of the budget because most people need to use every ounce of their budget, uh, budget for lead generation or for sales. So yeah, I would agree. And I think probably one of the biggest reasons why is because with uh, lead generation and sales, we're able to prove the work. We're able to show conversions, show oh, yeah. sales, yeah. hard data. And then we'll talk about it a little bit in Patreon on how to measure success of brand awareness. But it's a little bit harder to kind of prove it month over month. Like, yes, I'm getting you this much awareness. It's just kind of not the thing we usually do on there. We're more about getting the hard leads and, and hard sales. But that said, there's so much control over your bidding and there's so much inventory out there that it probably is massively underutilized because you can do it on the cheap mm -hmm. and especially with the small budget. So it's one of those things where I like, I know I'm underdoing it for myself. I know my clients should be doing it more, uh, but I think it's just a, a matter of kind of looking at all your options putting a game plan together and then having a budget that you're comfortable with and, and then giving it time to, to monitor that traffic and monitor your overall business and see if it grows. But um, that said, we kind of broke things down into search versus display and YouTube. Uh, as far as the search network goes, Chris, there's kind of one way I think you can get awareness. And then there's one way to run the search network wrong or incorrectly when you're specifically thinking about brand awareness. I've made this mistake for myself. Um, if you're advertising on high intent keywords, like a keyword like moving companies in Oklahoma City, thinking you're going to get people aware of your moving company, I have found that to be a massive mistake because people who are doing a high intent search, they're not looking to become aware of things. They're they're looking to get a quote and, and finish whatever their task was. And if you're not set up for that, if you're not aware of how to track conversions and all that kind of stuff, it's expensive. So can you kind of talk to how someone like, let me ask you a question. Has anybody ever come to you and said like, I want to advertise on these, they wouldn't use the word, but in your mind, high intent keywords, mm -hmm. high search intent, because I want to tell people about a new product or here's a good one, a different product. It's not the exact search, oh, but it's something man. they might be interested in. Yeah. Has that, have you heard people that want that? And then has that ever worked? Well, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, yes, absolutely. I've had people say, I have widget A, and people that typically look for widget B, you know, millions of searches, lots and lots of people out there, but they might also be interested in widget A. You know, for example, if someone, I mean, this is something, it's a good example, this isn't something I've worked with specifically, but this is the kind of idea that I've come across many times. A lot of people look for smartphones, iPhones, Android, stuff like that. I've had clients that say, hey, I want to advertise my case to people that are searching for the new iPhone, you know, because my case fits that new iPhone. They didn't type the word case. They just typed, you know, iPhone 12, um, you know, whatever. Or like, say like, um, say some kind of specific, they made a new case and nobody's searching for that kind of case because it's a brand new product. So they want to show up on iPhone searches, iPhone case searches. And you're like, yeah, 
that's probably not going to work because nobody searching that wants what you're offering because they're telling us what they want. It's other items. Yeah. Exactly. Has it has it ever I've heard that request a lot of time from from uh advertisers. They want to almost like gain the search yep. engine yep. and yep. get in front of people who they think would be interested in their kind of new or different product or service. I've heard of it a lot. I used to be open to trying it. Now I'm no longer. Hmm. Have you ever seen that work? No. And, and actually bring in business or help a business? No, it, it doesn't because it fails either from the get-go. It fails from the click-through rate. Right, people don't click on it, and then let's say you that hurts quality score. Yeah, that hurts quality score, and you know, so then you're having to push bids up to try and get it in first position so that they click on it just out of reflex, and then you know, then let's say you start getting people to the website. Well, gosh, the bounce rate's going to be horrible. You know, they're going to think they're in the wrong place, which they are. You don't uh, Google is not a place for window shoppers, right? If you could equate it to people that were walking, you know, down, uh, you know, the hall in a, in a mall or something like that, you know, the, the strip center or something like that, and you imagine people run in a in a in a door, look around, and then leave. You know, Google searching is akin to just looking in a window and then leaving real quick. You know, people don't just walk in. Yeah. Oh, kinda, I, oh, I walked into the wrong store. Yeah, bad. like I accidentally. Yeah, to go to they're the they're not going to stay just because they end up in the wrong store they're not going to stick around and look around like they would in real life. They're going to immediately hit the back button. They, they don't stick around. They're not going to give it a chance. They don't care what you have. They're in it. They're looking for a reason. And just like you said, they search with their intent shown right on their, on, on, on their initial uh, search term that they typed. Exactly. And people would say, well, then why did they click in the first place? But <laughs> we're trained to click because yep, that's the point. 99 times out of 100, we get exactly what we thought we were going to get when we did the search and we don't pay attention to the ad copy. So specifically, we just saw the word iPhone case or iPhone and we didn't, th- we didn't see the exact new kind of case that you created in the ad copy because we glazed over it because 99 times out of 100, when we click on that ad, it's exactly what we wanted. So we come on the site, it's not what we were wanting, hit the back button. So it's very, very difficult, and it's not even worth expensive. Like, ever trying that kind of strategy. And expensive, that's the problem. And and yeah, and what we'll talk about in a minute is the reason we we, we like other methods of, of accomplishing this is because it's, it's, you know, it's not that we're somehow able to change people's mind and, and, and get them interested in something they may not be interested in before it's because of price that's the big draw between one type of branding and another really you can't change people's mindset and say oh i haven't i wasn't considering this but now i am you have to really draw them in in mass and the difference is it doesn't cost as much now one of the interesting things about this show and google ads is The answer, it depends, kind of can fill in a lot of uh, answers to a lot of different questions because now we're going to talk about how the search network can work for brand awareness. And this one is actually, it does work really, really well. And I would argue that's on competitor keywords, competitor names. Uh, If you're a software, say a payroll software, and someone does a search for your competitor and you want to make them aware that you exist, you can run on that competitor's name when someone's just searching for that competitor name or when they search the competitor name with the word support or the word help or the word alternatives. And you can show up there with an ad and you can put messaging in there. And Chris, I do this myself. When I search for a brand and I see someone else's brand there in the ad, even if I don't click on it, that competitor who's I think about it and I don't really do that when I'm searching for a search like moving companies, Oklahoma city, a high intent. But when I search for a brand and I'm kind of in research mode as a consumer, I'm very much open to reading the full ads. And even if I don't click that day on that competitor, I'm now aware of them. Especially Um, software. Do you think this is a valid strategy? Yeah. Yeah. Software is like the go-to example. I even think you can do it with something like a landscaping company where someone's searching for another landscaping company, maybe to call to schedule. You can hit them with a big ad that says, you know, we have this kind of pricing or blah, 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 or we specialize in this. Do you think this is a valid strategy, not for 
leads or just leads or however you want to look at it for leads and sales, but for getting people aware of your business, is this a valid strategy on search? Does this work? Can it work? With with, with a very cautious approach, yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I would never say, let's take 80% of your budget and put it towards this. You know, I think that's a horrible idea. I would not ever try and say, let's get it you know, 80% search impression share on this, or let's get 90%, you know, absolute top positioning. That's a really bad idea. But as far as a careful approach with a moderate spend, you know, to, to light spend. Uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's okay. And I, and, and the question you didn't ask was, have I seen it succeed? I have seen it succeed, but on a very small scale, very rarely do I see this succeed. And I, I, I know that uh, it's a big chance because what is a success in a conversion for a competitor? They called you and then they argued with your intake call system for three minutes right? because they're like, I need to talk to George. What? Who? George isn't here. No, George, I just called company B. Well, sorry, this is company A. Well, no, I just, did you guys buy them out? And they're arguing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then it passes your your threshold of a conversion because they stayed on the call for three minutes and it looks good, but in the end, it was not a valid lead at all. They just wanted to talk to George. And and if the strategy is awareness, I wouldn't even look at leads. I would not even try to get a ton of clicks. I would almost go for absolute search impression share, uh, absolute top search impression share, zero. Um, because you never want to show number one because you always want to just kind of float there two or three and let people know like, Hey, not necessarily looking for the click, not necessarily looking to spend money, but just so you know, I'd like to make you aware that we're also in this industry. So if it's for brand awareness, you may want to go with some low bids. You may want to try to get a 0% absolute top impression share and, um, and see if the, the messaging in your ads can kind of help you make make yourself aware to to the people in the that industry. Now, Chris, that moves us over to the display network. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that don't know, Google display network is 2 million or so websites and apps oh, that put Google Do they give a number? AdSense code. And uh, it used to say over 2 million properties, something oh, like that. I'm pretty sure. That has to be old. But uh, it might be more, yeah. yeah. Would you think that's low? Because the way I always heard it advertised was reach 95% of, you know, internet users or something. You know, they can reach 95% of views or something like that. But, uh, yeah, either way, it's it's a ton. You know, it's, it's a very long-standing, wide-reaching network. Yeah, I was just seeing if uh, we could find something on that. But, yeah, I don't even... Yeah, I don't. I don't see may much not about say, the number two million now or, with social media. Yeah, it's not really the times because yeah. yeah, like let them you know let Google try and say we can reach this many people. Meanwhile, TikTok is like generating billions and billions of views. You know, so sometimes it, it's probably not going to make a whole lot of sense to talk about how much of a market and a view ratio they have. And I, I, I was also yeah, I was also thinking about the political climate and if you're being accused of. Having too much market share, mm. your public facing <laughs> stuff. That. I don't want to <laughs> brag about that. Yeah, we have a huge market but would, share. But would you? No, we don't. Never mind. Would, Never mind. Would you? I mean, the way to think about it as us advertisers is basically the internet, though, right? Yeah, that's how you think of the display network. That's how I think about yeah. it. Yeah, it's just the normal, you know, like the wild west out there. When people are checking the weather, when they're looking at the news, when they're looking at blogs, you know, stuff like that. Like, that's when your ads are going to show. I always tell clients and prospects that it's, um, imagine if you're on a sports website or you're on a news website. That's the mm-hmm. kind of sure. yep. places I talk about. Um, but yeah, so it's basically the internet. Uh, and then you have YouTube. Chris, this is not my, I'm not in here every day. Okay. In the display network. Yeah. I live in the search network. So I have some questions for you because I, I just get the sense that you're in that network a little bit more than me, uh, even though you're a little baby when it comes to remarketing bids. And I would like to see some <laughs> double digits as we get into a new year, 2021. I, just, I can't do it. 
<laughs> I can't do it. But that's a conversation for a whole nother thing. But yeah, yeah, let's get into the to the YouTube and display. Sure. So Chris, let me, let me ask you: Is it fair to say that when you go, we, we go through these targeting options that we're going to go through keywords, audiences, etc. Like the the options for targeting are the same on the display network, whether it's like display ads, banner ads on news websites, sports websites, etc. The display network, those are the same targeting options as YouTube ads. Is that fair? Like you have your placements, you have your topics, you have your keywords, mm-hmm. you have your yeah, demographics. It is. Yeah, that's correct. Because okay, I was trying to simplify it in my mind today. And for some reason, back in the day, YouTube was so different, YouTube advertising, that I had always kind of separated it. But more recently, I keep looking at it and I keep running campaigns on both. And I'm like, no, oh, these are the same kinds of options. It's just video ads versus display ads. It's the ad inventory. You know, how your ads are displayed is what's different. And what what kind of ads? Yeah. You know, so YouTube, you can have video ads and display can show on YouTube in the form of a of a banner or a little pop-up inside the video, things like that. Uh, but display also goes way past that with now there's tons of image ads that are created native ads and and, and auto-created image image video ads, which are crazy. Mm -hmm. They make loops of your product images and create those as videos and show those on the display network. So they've really grown apart as far as what's available on each. Very diverse, but as far as how you target, yeah, you're exactly right. They're they're pretty much the same. Okay, so let's quickly go through your targeting options and then Towards the end of the show, we're going to go through an example for a local landscaping company. I'm going to throw different targeting options at you for brand awareness. And what I want to know at that point is how you structure them and then what you would expect going in. And then if you think my my ideas for targeting are valid or not. But uh, just quickly, I'll throw out some options to you and then you can kind of break them down and, and how you use them. Keywords. What are What are keywords on the display network and YouTube? So keywords are a way of targeting the content that the person is consuming. And there's two ways to target the content the person is consuming. You can target topics or you can target keywords. And these keywords are basically custom topics. So there's tons of topics, all the different ways that people could be looking at content. You know, they would be fit into these, uh, let's say, 80 different topics. I don't know how many there are exactly, but let's say there's 80. So if you don't find one that fits in one of those 80 boxes, you can use keywords to define your own topic. You know, come up with 20, 30 keywords that that kind of fit with uh, the theme of what you want people to be looking at on a specific web page, and then your ads show up. So if you sell cat clothes you know, clothes specifically for cats and sweaters. There's not a category for, you know, pet wear, you know, uh, or or specifically feline Are you you saying dressing up as a cat? Yes. Or clothes for your cat? No, clothes for your cat. Cat clothes. That's the first thing you thought of. (laughs) Something weird. Cat clothes. (laughs) Because it's strange. Hold on. Okay, let's get to the bottom of this, Chris. Take it easy. Uh Give yourself a nice deep breath. Okay. Do you own a cat? Not by choice, but yes. But you do have a cat. Two kittens, yes. Okay, then it makes sense. Yeah. So I didn't, see, I didn't know you uh, own cats. Yeah, recent. They're on my so mind like, because- why, why would that be top of yeah, mind? Yeah, because those little things uh, have been- uh, Oh, I remember back in the day, they used to- uh, Crawl around in my Show office. up on your bookshelf and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Wow, they haven't been in there in months. Uh, those are dead. They died. They got eaten by an owl. These are new ones. <laughs> We, oh, we go through a lot sorry, of cats. Sorry there's, to bring that up. There's a lot of... Uh, you seem upset. Sorry to bring that uh, up. Yeah. No, I'm not. But, Eaten uh, by an owl? That's sad. I'm pretty sure. Something carried it off and it disappeared. We go through a lot. We have a lot of um, birds of prey and coyotes around here. Animals don't last long. Mm. Sad. Okay, Chris. So you're talking about um, cat clothes. Clothes for cats. Right. <laughs> What kind of what kind of keywords would you make for that if you're trying to grow awareness? Mm-hmm. Cat clothing. Okay. Yep. So what it would look like is if you were to build an ad group using keywords for the display network, you would want to dump 20, 30, maybe 50 keywords, and you would put them all in broad match. Okay. So you would dump uh, a bunch of uh, things like 
clothes for cats, you know, cat sweaters, um, uh, cute oh, cat clothes sweaters, for, sure. for for cats. Uh, Kittens. You know, yeah, stuff like that. So all different variations, put them in pure broad match. And what Google does is it takes a look at all of those and kind of builds a theme, a custom theme or topic, and then targets pages that would be talking about that um, in some degree. Of course, this is very loose way of... of matching those themes but uh you know sometimes you might show up just on a pets page but um that's you know that that's that's how it's going to work i was looking at the help documentation today and one thing i think we can share anytime you're talking about the display network be extremely aware of your different settings and all the different options yes because there is an option in there for keywords that's like the traditional use of keywords on display, like, yes, show content that matches these keywords. But there's also a setting where you can say, show show content that matches these keywords or users who match these keywords that maybe search for similar things in the past. And then you could show up on websites that have nothing to do with that because they're targeting the, the, the user. Person, yeah. And it, it's, it, so you got to pay attention to your your options. But definitely the traditional way we think about it is keywords. Um, it is uh, the content on the site. So we'll jump to topics, Chris. You mentioned topics. Topics are something you can select, and, and what's what are those? Topics. I like topics a lot more. Honestly, I use them more often. Key- Honestly, Chris, keywords are scary to me. Yeah. Like keywords on the search network, it's so easy for me to think of them. I can do searches in Google, see if people are searching for that, running ads on those. I can get behind the intent. I know the match types. But honestly, anytime we talk about keywords on the display network mm-hmm. or YouTube, it's a little nerve-wracking because I'm trying to convey some information to my friend Google, and I just don't know how well Google's listening to me. It's hard to know. The difference is... And then I'm worried about my settings and all that. There's no feedback. There's no feedback loop on how your keywords were matched. On the search network, we can see the search term that showed up for that keyword. But on the display network, all you see is the website. And okay, why did it pick that website? How can I block that, you know, that kind of topic? That's not the kind of topic I want. You know, how do you form and shape that? And it's a lot more difficult and a lot more variance in the way that shows. And plus it happens very, very fast. You could get a 10,000 impressions on all kinds of different websites. And then what do you do? You go through all the, all 10,000 impressions to try and shape what you want. So yeah, it is, it is scary. So topics are a lot more... Uh, anchored in because you know there's a set amount of them and they're defined so you you know you can kind of tell there's there's broader topics and then more subcategory topics and those I like because you can pick what you want and that's predefined and Google will show your ad on those so if you want to do some branding and you sell iPhone cases then you might show it to someone who's looking up specific, you know, smartphone categories or, you know, tech accessories and, you know, uh, stuff like that. There's a lot of ways that you could target them and you would pick those different topics and show ads on that. So topics you're telling Google, like, Hey Google, you're listing out these kinds of this kind of content pages or videos. Cause we're also talking YouTube. Yeah. You're, you're giving me these options and I'm going to tell you, Google, which ones I want to, which kinds of pages and videos I want my ads to appear on to get in front of people who are in my industry that I want to make my brand aware to. That said, you can look at the placements of that performance and see where you're, what you actually showed up on videos and the websites you showed up on and the pages. Does it match in your experience? Like if you did put in iPhone cases as a as a topic, if that's a topic, and then you go to placements, do you see a lot of things like the latest iPhone accessories as a video or a, a website that's had a page about iPhone case options and all that, alternatives? Do, do you find that matching up? With some advanced modifications, you know, there's some things I would recommend that you can sh- help shape that a little bit better. But yes, uh, you know, after some initial optimization and little tweaks here and there, yeah, I think in general it does it does do what you would want. Um, I think that the difficulty is this: if your if your topic is so specific or kind of niche that it's hard to define and Google doesn't understand the keywords that you know you're going after. For example, you're talking about cat clothes. Like if you wanted to try and show up for people that were wanting to buy 
cat clothes that are orange or had pumpkins on them. You know, we're getting so small and defined that it's or like... Or for a certain kind of cat or big cats or yeah, small cats. Yeah, you know, it, you, it, the display don't work. You're getting too he- intent heavy. You're getting too focused on the person's intent. And if that's the case, you want to reach people that way, go straight to search and do lead generation sales. But if you want to reach... And pay more for yeah, it. Yeah, pay more for it because it's going to be worth more. But, um, you know, if you have a general topic, then, okay, it works great. But the more you refine and narrow your area, the more it really starts looking like a search campaign than it does a, a brand or awareness campaign. So for like Mr. Perfect Search Terms over here, where I'm like laser focused on search terms and no leakage and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. for, for someone like me coming over to display and trying to run a brand awareness campaign, you're telling me I've got to basically loosen up yep. and expect a lot of definitely kind of not so great looking things on my placements, no matter what kind of targeting. I, I mean, on, on the show, we talk about lazy man build. This is very much a forced lazy man build. You have to pick something and let it roll. And then your job afterwards is to cut the fat, figure out what's good and what's bad. You're never going to get on target every time with a display or a YouTube campaign. You're going to find yeah. junk. Okay. It's, it's going to happen. You're going to show up on kid coloring apps and, and YouTube uh, kids music stuff and you know all kinds of stuff that you just don't want to show up on. Yeah. And, uh, before we get to placements, uh, just I want to throw this out there. Demographics, pretty simple. Age, gender, parental status, household income. You can layer those on top of these other strategies and really try to get to your target market you're trying to make your brand aware to. But other than placements, the f- kind of final piece of the puzzle here, Chris, are audiences. And can you break down like how that's different than the content? And then we've got something interesting to talk about with like, we used to call it affinity and market. But there's like a whole nother group now uh, that Google came up with. So we'll get into that. But but how are, you know, audience, once Chris teaches us this, we'll never forget it because it's the word audience. But kind of tell people the difference between audiences and keywords and topics. Yeah, we, we've, we flip our whole idea here because we've been talking about the website or the video, the topic of the video. People are looking at pages about iPhone cases. People are looking at pages about uh, cat sweaters, you know, or pet accessories. Suddenly now we can flip the whole thing on its head and they may be looking up sports stats, but over the past seven days, they've done several searches around uh, pet supplies, or they've done several searches around new iPhones or, you know, best accessories for a specific iPhone. And what this does is Google uses this information. We're not privy to it. Just to be clear, you cannot see this information. Google has it behind, you know, the the curtain, but there is information that comes outside the curtain that if that will define audiences, the type of person is going to be uh, put in an audience for in market for tech accessories or iPhone accessories uh, because they've been searching about that. We can't see what their searches were. We can't figure out what put them in that box and how many people are in that box. We don't really know, you know, real numbers, but we can, we can, you know, turn it on and see what happens. So this audience targets the person, whereas the topics and keywords target the website. So, it's a it's it's a very diverse way of getting some very different results, whether you target the person or the website. And uh, I found that both can be extremely powerful. I find that audiences can be extremely large. I think the number of people that can be put into audiences could be in the millions. But if you were to create a keyword, custom keyword topic, you might only get you know, a few hundred thousand searches, you know, after a couple months, because there's only going to be so many pages and so many views around orange cat sweaters, you know, and, and things like that. It, the, the content they go the content, to. Yeah. But there's always millions and millions of views around people because people can be labeled and put into different categories. The, the audience, it's kind of like, um, when it works, it really, really yeah, works. It it's that person. It's that person that's in the market for whatever you're selling. Google has seen them do searches. That's the way we used to talk about it, Chris. Google sees people do searches and they throw them in audiences. Mm-hmm. I've kind of, uh, and this is all like, we're not in the black box. We don't know the exact 
what data they have and all that kind of stuff. But what I, from what I understand about both Google and Facebook, it's not just the searches people do. It's the content they visit yep. across the internet because yep. Google analytics, yeah. Facebook tags, cookies, whatever they can see everywhere you go. So Google could see, you know, if you want to target someone who's 18 to 24, who uh, is looking in the market for cat clothing for Christmas, you know, Christmas sweater for their cat, you can uh, narrow it down to that demographic. You can come up with those keywords mm-hmm. or you can look for some content based on that with topics, more likely in this case, probably keywords that you create. But Google sees searches people do. Google sees that the person yesterday watched a YouTube video that had cat sweater in the title and they put those people into those audiences for a temporary amount of time. And so it's not just that they did a search. It's like, it can be really powerful, but that's when it works. When it doesn't work from what we've experienced is sometimes those audience seem loose in some cases, um, which is kind of hard to think like, why would that be? Because you do have all the data, but it just, sometimes it doesn't seem to work as good as it can, but then other times it really does work great. So I think that's the way to think about audiences. A lot of potential, but it sometimes it's hard to nail that. You, ha- you had a, a great example is either last week or week before when you talked about how you were doing a search for a book and then YouTube predicted what book that you were. Yeah. So what I was doing is I, I was, um, you were looking for a specific. So Barnes I, and Noble I think book. I searched what to, I, I did a search, what to expect when you're expecting uh first year. I click on the top link, which was Amazon. I go to my Amazon app from Google to Amazon app. And then I go, no, I want it tonight. Uh, so I'm going to search Barnes and Noble, what to expect, and then f- try to find the Barnes and Noble page and see if it's in stock. And as soon as I put in B-A-R, instead of filling in Barnes and Noble, they filled in Barnes and Noble, what to, what to know when you're, <laughs> what to expect when you're expecting. That's, yeah, so that's exactly how it works. Growing that. So I, Chris, I do that search about baby books Maybe I watch some YouTube videos about how to get your kid to sleep at night and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. sleep training. And then I do some YouTube videos with like uh, mom vloggers and stuff, which Cynthia and I watch. We follow some because we have a young son. And uh, now Google all of a sudden knows they know my age, they know my gender, mm-hmm. they know my location. And now I'm in the kind of new new parent affinity group or new parent custom audience, whatever you want to call it. But that's who I am. And then later in the day, I'll do some mixed martial arts searches and watch knockout videos and all that kind of stuff. And I'm in the mixed martial yep. arts yep. category. Yep. So they can put you in a lot of categories. Chris, before we talk about uh, Optio, first uh, with audiences, we used to always say affinity and in-market. but And now there's life events as well, like yes. graduation, new home, I think, and all that kind of stuff, which is kind of like in-market. But at the same time, have you noticed when you go into a display or YouTube campaign and you do a search like landscaping companies or landscaping and you tell Google that's what I want to advertise for, there's this new thing called custom intent. And the I don't know if it's affinity. I don't know if it's in market. I don't know if it's a combination. I don't know if it's what I just talked about where Google's just basically saying, hey, we know this person is kind of looking for what you're selling mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. But have you seen that there's just more and more custom intent audiences and really no matter what you put in there, it seems like they have a audience ready to go for you. Is that what those are? I, I think there's I think there's a pretty good list of those. Um, I don't know if they're necessarily growing, but I don't really need them to grow because there is a you can create a, your own custom intent. So there's in market and then there's a custom intent, which is basically a custom in market audience. So those are really cool. But I'll tell you, we get, I mean, if you get into stuff like that, again, why are you here talking about branding and awareness? You know, if you're getting to the point where you're targeting custom intent, it's like, well, really your KPI, your, your, your goal is for sales or lead generation, you know, why are you doing display? You know, why are you do? you know, so I would say you, you, if, if you start getting into the custom intent and, and things like that, maybe you should consider going after that same type of stuff on the search network, you know, because if you can define custom intent in an, in an audience, 
then maybe you should go after true search terms. And I'll comment that from a different angle. As someone who comes to display from search and I look at the affinity audience, I look at the in-market audiences and I'm like, "Mm, that can kind of fit. Maybe it doesn't really fit for this advertiser Mm -hmm. for brand awareness. Then all of a sudden I see custom intent, boom, 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 exactly what you're offering. And what happens for me as a search user or a search advertiser, I go, I start getting into the search mindset. So when I see a custom intent audience that's spot on to what I want, my mistake when I'm doing brand awareness campaigns on display, it changes my expectations and my goals because it looks so spot on. And so I'm kind of coming at it from a different way where like you're saying, hey, go back to search. And what I'm saying is like, I'm already doing search. I want to be doing brand awareness. So let me not fall into the trap of getting back in the search conversion rate and all that kind of stuff mindset when I see something as beautiful as custom intent, exactly what you're offering. I have to remember, hey, I still want to do brand awareness. This looks like a good audience, but it's still an audience. It's still display. It's still YouTube. Take it easy and and don't really expect more than you would expect from the other audiences. Um, Chris, finally, placements, that's your final targeting option. That's going to be the hardest one to come at from with branding right off the bat uh, because you're not going to have a good list usually. But that's you can target websites. You can target individual web pages. Again, if they're running Google channels. ads. Channels. Or individual channels on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, channels on YouTube or individual videos on YouTube. And you can say, hey, I want it to only show there. So my kind of mindset with brand awareness, it's the same as display in general. Anytime you're touching display or YouTube – for me, the goal is always to get to placements mm-hmm. and probably never get there, but I would love to just say, hey, I'm going to spend all my display budget on placements because that's kind of like the ideal because you know exactly, you can kind of act like Google yourself. Instead of telling Google like, hey, I want people in this audience, I want people who have been to videos about this topic or been to pages about this topic or searched this topic recently, you don't have to request that anymore you can demand it you can say no i want them when they're watching this video and i want proof in my placements report and that's kind of the ideal um so chris there's a couple more interesting things about uh targeting observation um and exclusions and so we'll talk about those in our little landscaping company example right after your message about optio that's right optio.com slash psp2 to get an eight-week free trial as I mentioned every week for a long time now, they've been they've been a sponsor and it's a popular option. Let me tell you one example about why it's such a popular option. Uh, one of the things that I hear a lot from people, they have a lot of apprehension about things like bids. I hear you guys talk about bidding a lot. I hear you guys talking about manual bids. People get very intimidated by it. Optio can help you get over the the apprehension of bid management on a manual bidding campaign. It can tell you things like increase your bid 20%, decrease the bid on this one 16%, move things back and forth. When you may not see it, Optio will. So try it out, opteo.com slash PSP2 to get an eight-week free trial. Thanks, Chris. And I I just want to throw out there, this is not the episode for it, but Like we always say with display, pay attention to your settings. One thing you've got to know, targeting versus observation. Targeting means it's whatever you choose has to be included uh, in in your targeting. Observation means you're not targeting it. They're just going to give you data on whatever that choice of um, selection is. So very, very much looking to targeting versus observation. Uh, And then what I want to throw out there, Chris, is negativity. And exclusions, negative keywords on the display network, excluded audiences, excluded placements, excluded topics. Yes. I love talking in uh, hyperbole on the show and going to extremes. And so I always say the most underrated, most overrated, blah, blah, blah. But one of the most under talked about things are exclusions and negative keywords on the (laughs) display network (laughs) with Google Ads. Yeah. Yeah. I use them. And it's kind of like a. Well, that's because you're the great Chris Schaefer, but it's kind of like, (laughs) what are we all doing here? We're all kind of complaining about how open the display network is Mm -hmm. and how that's a challenge sometimes. Mm -hmm. And Google's probably sitting there like, yeah, 
that's because there's a lot of opportunity there. And by the way, we allow you, don't make us think about it because we can change our <laughs> yeah. mind anytime. <laughs> don't bring it up. Search terms, bam, bam, bam. <laughs> but today we allow you to negative out keywords on the display network. We allow you to negative out audiences and, and topics and placements. So that can be a real thing. So um, it's basically the inverse of targeting. You just say, I want to block the, this kind of audience, this kind of uh, topic, and these kinds of keywords uh, that relate to the content. But Chris, we'll go through an example where I do have some negative and exclusions. Okay. I'm a local landscaping company. I'm coming to the great Chris Schaefer. Uh, I'm doing my own search because I know what I'm doing. Sure. Okay. I listen to the page okay, podcast. Do, but you come to me. Jason, he's kind of my favorite. He's my favorite <laughs> co-host. Um, I left him a great review on, on uh, Apple Podcast. Uh-huh. We went ahead and uh, I did the thing where I said, oh, and Chris is okay too. Yep. Because I listened to the show, but I wanted to praise Jason. And he doesn't need the praise, but he deserves the praise. Mm-hmm. And I think I called you, Chris, but um, I'm going on and on about the great Jason <laughs> Rothman. But... Uh, <laughs> This is okay. This we'll talk about. This is an interesting. We'll talk to Chris now because I call Chris for right. the example. But Chris, you're you're a lucky guy. You get to do the show with Jason all the time. Uh-huh. So yeah, I hear that uh, all the time. for whatever reason. I flipped the coin and uh, went with me. I, I this is what this is how I ended up with Chris as as a local landscaping company for my brand awareness campaign. I flipped a coin. The plan was heads. I'm going to call Jason Rothman. Tails. I'm going to call Jason Rothman. <laughs> And we we landed on rim. We right. landed on the edge. Oh no! So I guess it we was call one Chris. of those freak things, and <laughs> yeah, we had to call Chris. So it was like one out of a ten trillion chance that that would happen. Wow! And that's why I put you, Chris, because I wanted to call Jason. Mm-hmm. But it happened. And when you flip a coin, you got to go with what happens, and wow. it just landed on its side. It's okay. So okay. And I, you know, I was tempted to blow a little bit and and kind of knock it over so I could work with Jason. <laughs> But, but Jason was busy. I don't know. I got distracted. Yeah, I got distracted. And uh, I thought it was so rare, one in 10 trillion, that a coin would land on its side. <laughs> I thought it was meant to be. <laughs> that's, yeah, because that's, I, I, I wait by my phone sometimes for when those coin flips end in one in a million chance and that people call me. So, no, one in 10 trillion. One in ten, 10 trillion. That's right. 10 trillion. Yeah. Okay. So I have a local landscaping company calling the great Chris Schaefer. All jokes, of course. But on those reviews, please praise me and then say, <laughs> yeah, Chris, Chris is, is okay too. Because those are just funny. Those are funny. Um, or leave reviews like the one at the top of the show, which I've got to deal with as yeah, a Yeah, those podcast, upset him the most. Person that just you say, have to read it. Chris brings great <laughs> advice. And they don't even mention me. They don't even mention me. At least the ones I'm talking about mention you. Yeah. All right. So, Chris, I'm a local landscaping company. I call the great Chris Schaefer. Doing search myself. But I want to know about branding, uh, brand awareness. So I listened to your podcast episode. I'm going to throw out some ideas. And what I want to know from you, Chris, after I throw these ideas at, how impressed are you? Are these good ideas? Is this what you would do? And then the reason I'm calling you, I have no idea how to structure this. So how would I go about structuring this? So some ideas I came up with after listening to this episode, uh, display and video, keyword ad group one. I have an ad group Keywords, I listen to the great Chris Schaefer. I put in a group of keywords. I'm a local landscaping company. I do commercial and residential. So my first ad group is called Landscape. And I just typed in landscape lawn service, landscaping service, landscaping lawn, lawn and landscape, landscaping lawn service, landscaping maintenance service, landscaping companies. I know you said something like 20 or 50 keywords or whatever on the podcast and your co-host thought maybe that's a little high and people would be confused. Your co-host didn't mention at the time, but then he passively aggressively (laughs) mentioned it late in the show when he was playing someone else. And I was like, why did you say 30 to 50? That seems like a lot. And so when I went through, I came up with like eight keywords. and I was like, how do I even come up with more? Mm -hmm. So I would want to know, you know, is that not enough keywords? Is it too much? Then I came up. Yeah, go ahead. We'll, we'll go one by well, one. Well, I was going to say on, on on that. As I attack the, you. Yeah, for no reason at all. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bro. 30 to 50 keywords. Well, it's pretty That's easy. A, I was trying. I, I know. No. When I when I was doing this myself before the show and coming up with these keywords, I knew you. I had you in my brain talking about so many keywords because we talked about display yeah, before uh-huh. together. And I was doing it. I was like, yeah, but I'm a landscaping company in this example. I don't know how to come up with that well, 50 it's, times. It's pretty easy. What's, what's your point there? What I what, what this company obviously is going to have is a search campaign with a few ad groups, right? A couple different ad groups, different business types, different types oh, of landscaping point. services. Oh, what a, just see what I mean, Chris? I just I just toss it up. That's it. it. I Boom. look like an idiot, and then. 
boom. Oh, well, I do insult you for 10 yeah, minutes. Before I, I got to get three. my way slog through that first. But, man, I just tossed that up. And then you come in with <laughs> such a gem. Like, hey, dummies, just look at your search yeah. campaign. So copy wow. copy all the keywords there. from all of your search campaigns. That probably adds up to about 30, 40, 50, something like that. Hopefully not you know, 300, but uh, yeah, just grab those and dump them into one ad group. Great idea. That's it. One ad group. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Well, well, hold on. My, my second ad group, commercial, because I do commercial. Uh. So I just put in commercial landscaping, office building landscaping, restaurant landscaping. You're skeptical. This is great uh, feedback here. Yeah. Are you saying, is this your an example of, hey, you're trying to get a little too granular with the display network? Google just needs to know you're a landscaper when you talk about these keywords. Yeah, how many of those generic internet website pages can you think of qualify as a B2B commercial landscaping page, right? I can think of a lot of pages that are about how to do landscaping, you know, like best time. Landscaping ideas. Yeah, stuff like that. But what qualifies it as a commercial landscaping page, office building? If, if they do, it's going to be very small. So probably just dump them all into one. When you Again, same thing we talked about before. Once you start refining your audience so small that you're like, I, I don't think I'm going to get any impressions on this, or you're not getting any impressions, you've probably gone too small. You're, you, you, know, you refined it too much. Man, that's great advice. And so, so what's your... If someone tries to argue with you on that, would you basically say just like look at the placements and if you happen to find a great commercial sure. landscaping placement that happens to get a ton of volume, you're not going to. But if you happen right. to, yeah, then go target it in placements, but don't waste your time coming up with a bunch of different kinds of ad groups and get granular on a keyword contextual campaign or ad group display in YouTube. Well, you know, somebody could say, well, why don't you just do it? And, you know, uh, let it run. But here's the thing. If you were to grab, you know, let's say you came up with 10 B2B landscaping keywords, you know, business, office, landscaping type of stuff. And let's say those started and you created ads that were business landscaping types of things. What if those start showing on, on, on normal landscaping pages? Now you're showing business landscaping to normal landscaping pages how do you know that's a good message to show on those pages? I, I usually, if I, if a client wants to do business and uh, business and residential, I'm just going to put on the ad business and residential. I'm going to hit both of them because you're you're building brand awareness for that business. No matter how you want to use that business, precise targeting Beautiful. like this does not belong uh, on you know a startup display campaign. It has no place on a startup. Maybe maybe a year from now, you've really defined it, but a startup display campaign? I know, but I was reading this blog about all the advanced display topics you can oh, do yeah. and strategies mm-hmm. you can do, so I'd like to do those right now. Okay. And our budget is $100 a month. Call Jason. <laughs> Call Chris. <laughs> Call Chris. <laughs> Ping pong. He's not answering his phone. What's going on? No, Chris, that's... That's uh, that's great advice there. Um, this is great feedback because when I just quickly came up with these examples, because I am all day, I'm in search mindset, buddy. And you know what I'm like coming over to the brand awareness on display? I'm like the SEO people coming over <sighs> that's to a good, search yep. and coming yep. with the long tail keywords yep. and all that. <laughs> that's a good Isn't point. that a good analogy? It's perfect. That's exactly right. Like the SEO bull in the PPC China shop. like Or the search bull in the display brand awareness type shop. Exactly. That's it. Get out of there. You're messing everything up. You got wrong approach. Okay. Now, what do you think about this granularity? I listened to the podcast. Jason put out the warning that, hey, not enough people are using native keywords, exclusions, all that kind of stuff. So I figured I'd just put career, salary, small business owner, start your own business. And interestingly, the word supplies as negative keywords because I don't want to necessarily attract a DIY or a business. So like the start your own business career salary, those are obvious. They can't hurt your campaign because you don't want to be showing up on like, here's how to start a landscaping business blog page. You just want to kind of avoid that kind of not going to become a customer traffic. Uh, What about the word supplies? Would you be nervous to add that as a negative keyword? Because some of those people searching for some or on pages that Google might think is related to supplies could become customers or do you think it's DIY or do you think it's like too granular? What, what is that? Does that word make you nervous as a negative on a display campaign? No, 
It, it doesn't. There's so much inventory out there. I honestly don't put a whole lot of weight into negative keywords. I really put my in terms of fear, in terms of missing out on too much. No, well, content. yeah, it's okay. it, it mainly because I, I have no way of knowing how it affects my targeting. You know, if you put a negative keyword into a search campaign, you know what you're mm, blocking. Yeah. But what are you blocking when you put a negative keyword into a display campaign or a YouTube campaign? What exactly does that do? Like, how does it change the theme? There's no way to understand how it changes the theme. So most of the time, what I do is instead of doing negative keywords, I just block entire topics of websites. I If I'm going to do negatives, I do negatives at the topic level or at the category level, you know, uh, things like that. Or the audience level. Audience level, maybe, stuff like that, but not negative. DIY people. It's because I know what I'm blocking. For example, I almost always go with negativing out, like, kid games, uh, music videos, maybe the entire entertainment category on YouTube, because I don't want to show up on music videos. I don't want to show up on you know, parody videos and stuff like that. I want to show up on stuff a little higher brow than, than that kind of stuff. So that's usually what I go with. Okay. Now, when I went to audiences, I searched landscaping in the audiences area. And what I was able to find were uh, a couple different things. I found the classic in market home and garden was the highest level. Then it goes down to home and garden services, landscape design. Come on, buddy. Like, Will you please approve oh, that? Yeah. Like, Absolutely. that's exactly who I want to show my oh, brand to. It's wonderful. People who are in the market for home and garden services, landscape design. Question for you on targeting. Would you throw in that one in market? And then would you also throw in overall home and garden in market? Mm-hmm. Or would home and garden, which could be, yeah, in the same ad group to, or would you do it like observation or? Would you just think home and garden is too big when you have something so nice as home and garden services, landscape design, or would you be happy with that you can get it that granular or would you want to see more and see what home and garden is like in terms of cheapness and all that? I would, um, I would probably do if it's a very high level, non-specific category like home and garden. I would do it in its own ad group and give it give it its own bid and drop the bids by fifty percent. That's what I would do. Uh, I would the overall yeah. home and garden audience. Yeah, because I, I don't want anything okay. that's super generic like home and garden eating up my budget for you know thirty cent clicks. But you're like me. We both kind of seem to want to at least scratch that itch and get some sure. kind of data It'd on. It'd be there interesting to see. to see. Yeah. But I'm going to bid like 10 cents rather than 30 cents. I'm going to cut those bids by a lot compared to my targeted stuff like landscaping services, which is wonderful. And, you know, I also found some – this is what I'm talking about with custom intent audiences. They had it there for me when I did a search landscaping. Yep, it knew already. Yard ideas, landscaping services, and local landscapers. Those are all th- – those are three different custom – intent audiences and those seems spot on those were already built by google so just so you know custom intent audiences can be pre-built by google they'll auto populate that for you or you can build that's what i'm talking about anytime yeah, I use or that. you can build your own um so those pre-built uh custom intent audiences didn't always exist google would just you, you just had to go in and create your own. So now they've decided they're going to just do that for us and, and look at that. And they kind of, they use some kind of system to automatically guess based on your website, what kind of in-market audiences you would want. So you can either go with those or create your own. But, um, you know, as far as whether one's better or not, I don't really know. Um, but they're all this, you know, they're all doing the same thing. They're targeting a person. I've always used custom intent audiences where they create it, auto-created. It has the word right there, like you're saying, because they seem so spot on. And it, I guess it's been on there for maybe a year or two. Um, and that's where I was saying it seems to be they just add more and more and get they kind of have exactly what you it's want. It's because it's 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 automatic. Like they they do it based on your website. That's why it seems right. like it grows. 
I've never created a custom intent audience myself. Oh. I would like to see that from the great Chris Schaefer as a super patron training video. Oh. I think that would be cool because I don't even know where to start on those. Okay. Write that down, please. Right, yeah. Take a second. I always get a little ego boost when Chris actually does write something down. I told you. I, I told you this months ago. I, you said, oh, you're going to take a note, and you made fun of me. And I was like, Jason, there's a level of importance to something that you hear if you write a note. So when I write a note, you know that I'm paying attention and that I care. I appreciate it. But you see this here? It's a blank note. I didn't write anything on it. I don't care. <laughs> I was wondering what you were doing. Yeah, I was like, show me the pen. Prove it. No, but isn't that a, that's a good video idea. Um, Chris, finally, um, topic. They have a beautiful topic made for you, home and garden. And then you can narrow it down to patio, lawn, and garden landscape design. Show up on content that is about lawn and garden landscape design you're a landscaper. You want to grow your brand to people who are interested in this stuff in an area. I mean, that's that's a beautiful thing. So topics I like. Uh, and then placements, Chris. I went to YouTube. I searched landscaping ideas. And I looked, here's the key, for some high view channels and videos. And I threw them in there as mm. placements. Mm -hmm. The thing that we have to remember with placements on YouTube, even if a video has 100,000 views or 10 million as a local landscaper, I'm only targeting this this town. And the odds of someone in my town watching one of those videos, that's where it gets a little tough sometimes. So it'd be beautiful to find some channels uh, where you can show up on more videos. But uh, that is a, it's at least a goal of mine as the landscaper to grow my brand to people in my area who are looking about watching these kinds of videos and I can grow my brand to them. And you can talk about like, TV ads and the TV ad salesman can say like, hey, people watching the local news, we found them to be homeowners that invest in their properties, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to hear that. I want to know I'm showing up on a yeah. video that has exactly about ideas yeah. of landscaping. Yeah. Questions to Th ask your new like landscaping company. You know, that seems like a great YouTube video to show up on to generate leads. Well, as opposed to just being told like, hey, we found local people in our area that watch the local news at 5 p.m. They seem to be the kind of people that invest in their properties and they're, they're this percent homeowner rate and all that. Or I can show up on the video where people are telling me they Interested exactly in are into yeah. this kind of thing. Yeah. So that's how I would compare it. Yeah. Um, and then you layer on demographics there. So question, the process I went through, is that the Chris Schaefer process? Is that how you would think about things? And then follow up. How do you structure all this? That's the big problem I think people have. Out there. I, I, I love what you did. I think it makes a lot of sense. You have um, keywords, you have audiences, and you have topics. And you even tried to dabble into placements. Actually, I, I at the beginning, I don't typically do that early on. Um, but uh, but It's a big hope of mine. I love placements. Yeah. You know, I'm going to name my second kid placements because I love oh, him so second much. Second kid. Oh, wow. I want him to be exactly who I want him to be, you know? Yeah. So might as well just name him <laughs> exactly. placements. First kid, Michael. Second kid, placements. placements. How do you think wow. That's, place? that's I great. Think. I want you to be who I say I you want to be. <laughs> that's great. I would never do that. But a middle name? Yeah, placements. That's good. My my dad, he loved Google Ads. He he, I'm honored that he named me placements. placements. The highest level of quality in the display network. He named me. He named me placements. In my dad's view, you cannot live up to anything better than being placement. a placement on a display campaign. That's better being a like being called a a negative replacement. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I would or an exclusion. Exclusion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Michael exclusion Rothman <laughs> exclusion go to your homework. <laughs> um so I I would say as far as the structure my suggestion is this put every type of targeting method into its own ad group so if you're going to do keywords put keywords into its own ad group then create another ad group for your audience stuff and then create another ad group for your topics and then maybe another ad group for your placements so don't combine those yet. Separate those and test how they work. And then as you progress, what you start to do is you start to decide, okay, this works really well. What if I combine my keywords plus my audience? Or what if I combine my audience plus my topic? Um, it's not going to work if you combine keywords plus topic. 
because those are doing the same thing. They're just going to run parallel. They're not going to intersect. Content, yeah. Um, but if you did content plus audiences, so keyword plus audiences or topic plus audiences in a fifth ad group, now you have a whole nother category. You're targeting people that are in the audience of landscaping and are looking at landscaping pages. Now you're getting to the holy grail of display and you've moved really from branding and awareness to lead generation. I mean, that's what, you know, that's what you're going to be getting and, into. And that, that's a, that's a, that's a beautiful thing um, that they can kind of cross over like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and along the way, I think you get into some kind of optimization ideas where like, yes, I'm targeting this topic, but I'm going to layer on these audience observations yep. and see which audiences that I think could perform well uh, before I actually make the decision to lock it down. And is it okay if this is a three-month process, a six-month, a two-year process, a never-ending process, finding placements, growing your brand, small budget if you want, but get all those impressions, that's okay. That's the the cool thing about display. You start to reach a pinnacle when it comes to search because there's only so many ways people search, and, and that'll change over months and years, but not, you know, you'll, you'll start to hit kind of a plateau, you know, uh, on that. But when it comes to display, there's always new pages. There's always new videos and there's always ways to adjust. And you're never really going to hit high saturation on that. Unless you're spending millions on display, you'll never show for everything. You'll never reach full saturation. So there's always ways to test and, and see what you can get. So it's a fun place out there. Well, thanks, Chris. Thanks for uh, being here. I, I really like what we did with this episode. It, it's different than what we usually talk about search. Yeah. Uh, it's not even remarketing, yeah. uh, but it is part of the Google Ads world. And if you want to grow brand awareness and also become aware of your industry, who are the videos out there? Who are the vloggers? What are the channels? What are the websites? Uh, it's a great way to uh, also gather information. And we're not cable, uh, we're not TV advertising salesman no like we're we like to do google ads and one of the reasons we like it and our clients like it is control you can control what you bid you can control how you bid you control your budget your schedule and you can kind of uh invest as much as you want in a kind of strategy like this or as much as you don't want and you can change it whenever you want so we hope you enjoyed the episode uh thanks for sharing the show with friends and we will be back next monday on the paid search podcast and um i don't know why but um we always flow into patreon so i have to mention that as well so we'll flow into patreon and uh if chris was with me in person he might be the one punching this time because he looks like he's about done with old jason but we're going to try to squeeze him and uh get a get a good after show out of him so we'll see you on the after show